This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Devil, so you must be listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and that means you probably love animals, and you probably love hearing all about how to train them, and the crazy things, interesting things they do, and the animal news I give you every week. So, if there's something I'm not talking about, and you'd like me to talk about it, a topic, a suggestion, a guest... If there's something you want my opinion on, or if you've got a dog or cat that's misbehaving, you've got a question, then please send it to deb at petliferadio.com. And you can do that with a voice clip. You can just record it on your phone and send it while you're waiting somewhere. And uh, I'll play it on air and then answer it on air. So I would love to hear your suggestions, hear your topic ideas, and give you the advice you need on the dogs and cats you've got. So it's very rewarding for me when I can hear the person with the problem describing the problem in their own words, so much better than me reading it. And if you do leave me a problem, a pet problem, please tell me a little bit about your pet. So how old, how long have you had him or her? Is she or he spayed, neutered? That sort of a thing. Has anything changed recently since the problem started? Give me a little bit of background so I know what I'm working with. Type of pet, size of pet, that kind of thing. Okay, everybody, let's go to the show. So I was thinking about how sometimes we kind of get the wrong end of the stick. We, as the British say, we kind of get the the wrong take on things. So for example, Ozzy Osbourne. When I hear the name Ozzy Osbourne, I do not think of an animal guy. No, I don't think of a guy who loves dogs, even though if I watched the reality show, I could have seen that. But what I think of is some horrible incident that probably went wrong on a stage somewhere with baby birds in an act he did in the 80s that made the newspapers. And it was terrible. And the birds were harmed and bats and birds, and he did all kinds of gags on stage back then. So that's what I think of. But then I was researching for the show and I realized, you know what? He did live with all those dogs, all those really poorly behaved dogs that pooped and piddled wherever they felt like it. And at the time when I would see that show, as I was flicking through the channels, it would just make me crazy as a dog trainer. I would think, call me, call me, Ozzy. I can fix this for you. How can you deal with all these poops and pees everywhere? They were constantly, almost every show, looking for a poop somewhere or the cameraman would close in on a tiny little dog doing the deed on the carpet. And... So I thought, "Mm, maybe. So I looked him up yesterday, and it turns out he's actually a little bit of a pet hero. Yes, Ozzy Osbourne, of all people, saved his wife Sharon's Pomeranian, called Pippi, from a coyote back in 2003. So, Ozzy Osbourne, (laughs) you're not all bad. Not all bad in the eyes of the animals. So I thought I'd uh, just, uh, you know... Kind of correct the impression, if that helps a little bit. Uh, all of you thinking of him, st- you know, am sort of shuffling along on the show and uh, slurring his words and barely unintelligible. They used to put um, words underneath them so you could subtitle, so you could hear what he was saying, even though he spoke English. 
So <laughs> it's hard to imagine him being a hero and wrestling a, a small dog from the jaws of a coyote. Very hard to imagine. So way to go, Ozzy. Way to go. Yeah, just the other day I saw on my Facebook post for my local neighborhood someone lamenting the fact that they just saw a coyote run off with a Rottweiler pup in its mouth and the pup seemed limp. It probably was. It was probably shaken to death already. So that's a blessing. But you got to watch your animals. Coyotes are everywhere. They're probably the oldest canine. They are very, very smart about certain things. Now, Dr. Stan Corin, he's been on the show, and he argues that they're not so smart about many things, but there's a few things they're really smart about. We're going to go to break and come back and talk about that on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And coyotes. Okay, so some things that we measure. And Dr. Stan Coyne, the professor, he did a book called The Intelligence of Dogs. And in it, he came up with a whole lot of tests for dogs. They test different kinds of intelligence. So like just to put it in kind of simple terms, a dog's ability to find food, a dog's ability to escape, a dog's ability to understand commands, a dog's ability to problem solve, a dog's ability to think on his own. Like these types have different mental tests. And he would argue that coyotes fall short on most of these things. These things that over time, domestication, breeding, and being around us has made our dogs so good at, like the human animal connection, memory and training and this sort of thing. But don't cut the coyote short. He he is able to manipulate our dogs He's able to fool our dogs. He's able to trick our dogs. There's a reason they call the coyote the trickster in First Nations lore, Aboriginal lore all over the world. The coyote is the trickster because that is exactly what he does. He will pretend to be lame to draw another dog out, make the other dog think everything is okay and approach him. And then, boom, he's not lame. And not only is he not lame, but he's not alone. And now a bunch of them ambush the what they see as the rival dog the rival canine from a rival pack on their territory. Oh, yeah, it's a little bit West Side Story and Coyote World. <laughs> so you're going to watch it. Your dog is kind of of them and not of them at the same time. So if you have a wolf cross or a coyote cross, your own dog is one of those. He's not going to fall for any of this. He's going to smell them, know them, react to them, might even try to chase them away, might be trembling and staying close to you whenever they're around. He knows. But if your dog is a lab or a golden or a doodle, sweetie pie dog that's been raided, multi-poo, you know, he's going to get tricked. 
and the little dogs they see as prey. So you really got to keep them on a short leash, no flexi leash. This is short leash or pick them up and carry them kind of deal if you see coyotes. Because if you see one, there are many. There's not one. They don't travel solo. So you're going to see a lot. Okay, so a couple more things about how smart they are. So even though in some ways they're not as smart as dogs, they wouldn't learn a series of tricks as quickly or they wouldn't learn to do an agility course as quickly. However, they're more agile than our dogs. In an actual natural setting, they would easily be able to traverse some kind of obstacle course more quickly than your dog or just as quickly, depending on what dog you had. So they kind of are physically a match in all areas. They might not be as fast as a greyhound, but they're fairly close. They might not be as agile as a border collie, but they're fairly close. They might not be able to jump as high as a borzoi, but they're fairly close. So they score so high in all these physical abilities that they're really, really outstanding predators. And when you think of it, I mean, they are living off rats, but also occasionally when their group formation works, possibly a young deer and or some animal like that, goat, something like that. So that requires a lot of jumping and bounding and leaping and skills. Okay, so they are perhaps smart enough or instinctive enough, I'm not sure which, doesn't really matter, to walk in their own footsteps. Now, that's something I've never seen a domestic dog, not even a wolf cross or coyote cross, do. But it is something coyotes do. Now, it may be just their anatomy, the way their bodies are built. I don't know if it's a thoughtful thing or not. But what they do is they walk in their own footprints. So what does that mean? It, it seems like a minor thing. If you were to look at a dog or a wolf track in the snow, you would see four paws. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four as they gallop, right? Or if it's trotting, two, 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 laying down in the snow as they go. With the coyote, you're not going to see that. They kind of trot with their front legs and do a, a sort of a canter with their back. And some Border Collies, Australian Shepherds do this. So if you're saying, my dog does that, yeah, probably. Okay, so, but the way the coyote does it is he makes sure that his feet fall into the footprints he's already made. So instead of seeing two on the left and two on the right over and over and over, like a trot of a dog or a regular dog, or instead of seeing four prints, four prints, four prints, like a canter of a regular dog, or one, two, three, four, like a walk of a regular dog, what you're going to see is one print as if there's a one-footed animal hopping. Doop, 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 down the trail. Impossible, right? Yeah, but that's because he's walking in his own footprints all the time, so he only leaves one. So if you think about that in terms of drawing a scent if somebody's hunting you, but more more with the coyote in terms of not leaving a scent when you're hunting. It's so genius. You got a quarter, a quarter of the scent you're leaving behind on your trail. It's so smart. So that's one thing they do. Another thing, and this will be my last coyote fact for the day, although I have so many. One more thing they do is they will take a female in heat, one of theirs, and put her in a place where she'll get noticed by canines not of their pack and then they'll use that to dry out the enemy and kill them so that's another thing you got to watch out for if you've got an intact male dog he's gonna find her and he's gonna be oblivious to the ambush so keep him on leash keep him on leash anyway intact male dogs are the most likely of all dogs to get hit by a car and that's because they're out looking for the ladies <laughs> all right we're gonna go to break and come back 
on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio, and me, Deb Wolf, I'm your host, and I want to talk about cats. Cats are amazing creatures. I don't know if any other creature can do this, but dogs certainly can't, people certainly can't, horses can't. One thing cats can do that the animals I know best and, and my own kind can't is shrink their spine. Oh yeah, really, 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 I'm not making this up. They can make their body smaller or bigger, depending on the need. They could stretch if they need to or shrink if they need to. And if you've ever seen a cat, a big cat, fit into a tiny, tiny space and then come out of it and almost expand, it's all about gas. They have this weird kind of gas in their bodies that they can control and use as needed to increase the length of their spine. It's really quite astounding. So cats can jump six times their length. So if you think about that in a people sort of a term, a lot of the athletes are about six feet tall, I guess. Really? Can anybody jump 36 feet? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, they cannot. And then I look at these two little kittens. I rescued a couple of kittens. I guess it's like three weeks ago now. They just had their first shots. And in the first day home, they were like, I don't know, six weeks old, seven weeks old, something like that. And they could already jump five times their body height. You know, they're only like eight inches long, but they could jump a few feet easy up and down the cat scratch in and out of everything, you know. Well, I will do a whole show on them and all about how to teach stray cats gentleness and how to teach them to use the litter box and how to teach them how to get cats to get along with other cats. I'm going to do a whole cat show coming up. Yeah, maybe next show. Yeah, okay. So I'll tell you more about Cheech and Chong at that time. But that is what I want to leave you with. Consider your cats or the cats you've seen in your life and consider how you can see them on the top of a roof or walking along something that's an inch wide, that's slippery and frosty, and perhaps there's dogs below barking, trying to unnerve them. And yet with poise of an Olympic gymnast, (laughs) they can fly along these surfaces. They can fall, they can drop, they can dive, they can roll, they can leap. They are the most astounding athletes. And so we will just have to give them give them their due on that. But they're also extremely reproductive. And so very much, very, very, very important that everybody out there spay and neuter their cats. So important. 
It happens really fast. They can have babies at about two months of age, and uh, they can have babies over and over and over again, even while they're still nursing. Well, that's a little bit like humans, but more so than humans, because each time there's there's eight or ten. So one cat plus one cat, right? One boy cat and one girl cat, if they're not spayed or neutered, even if they're brother or sister, does not matter. Father and daughter does not matter. One boy, one girl in five years potentially can make, you're not going to believe this number. It's a terrible number. 11,000 cats, one boy, one girl. So please spay and neuter your cats. All right. I'm going to leave you with that message today. And maybe one more thing I wanted to talk about. It's looking through the news as you do watching CNN. And, you know, dogs have been used by the military for as long as there's been war, really. The scouts and sentries and trackers. And um, usually they're, they're German shepherds or Malinois or some kind of military breed. Not always. But I was thinking about that and all the dogs of war. And I saw a beautiful picture of a German shepherd doing explosive detection. And no matter what side these dogs are on, when they find landmines, they're helping everybody. Because any, oh, I hate landmines. Landmines are just so indiscriminate. They don't hit soldiers. They hit animals and wildlife and farm animals and pets and children. That's who landmines hit. So when dogs are out finding them, it's an incredible thing. But I also wanted to say that while I was watching CNN, I saw that this young hostage child, girl child, had been released. And they were talking to, I think, her uncle. I think that's who it was. And he was saying he was on his way to visit her, to meet her. She'd been, you know, away from her family and held in terrible conditions and treated terribly. And they were very worried about her emotional and physical well-being. And they were on their way to meet her. And they had their dog with them. They were bringing her her dog. And that just so hit home. That's what the dogs do. You know, there were two Palestinian Gazan citizens on the street, two women that were interviewed. And each was carrying a house cat. That's what they do. That's what pets do. They comfort you. They stand by you, give you a reason to keep going. They give you strength. And that little girl coming home from the worst of the worst is about to get a huge dose of normal from that dog and love and acceptance and no questions asked. And she can talk or not talk, touch or not touch. It's a beautiful way to welcome her home. So I just want to salute that dog. And the uncle who had the good good thought to bring the dog all right everybody from me deb wolf and animal party and pet life radio be good to animals let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com